Hey, welcome to Weather Hype, a podcast for casual weather conversation. I'm Min Fon. And I'm Castle Williams. So what are we talking about today, Castle? So this week's hype of the week is, I think we're going to be talking about consistency and a little bit about weather graphics and color. So it should be interesting. Now I'm the reason why you broke up with him and got back together Thought I was sunshine, but baby, I'm bad weather I'm off the Doppler in the five-day forecast By the time they hear me, I've already pushed the shore back No, no, I wasn't always like this Skies cleared soon as my daylight lit Sidewalks dried up, no snow emergency I could take you February and turn it into spring Get gone, I get gone, and I don't need anyone to know better. And today we have a special guest. Actually, the first time we've ever had a guest on the podcast. Her name is Molly McCollum, and she's a broadcast meteorologist right now. Hey, Molly. Hello. So, (laughs) we know Molly, Castle, and I from the good old Georgia days when we were all Bulldogs at the University of Georgia. Oh my gosh, our atmospheric science program. Ooh, ooh, ooh. We always shout it out, like, every single podcast before we, we get do. really annoyed, but... I mean, we're trying to recruit, right? For <laughs> <Paul> UGA. <laughs> <laughs> we went to school for, what, two years together? Because, Molly, you actually didn't start off at Georgia, right? I didn't. I went to the University of Alabama initially, and I was there for the 2011 outbreak, and that's when I was like, that's what I want to do. So I came and joined y'all at the wonderful geography building, on the University of Georgia campus, and we spent a lovely two years together with you men, and then three years with Castle. It just feels like so much longer. It I don't does. know. I feel like it's I've because known we you spent a lot of time together in the same rooms studying and <laughs> do, so and doing derivations. So it felt like a long time. What was that equation that we always try to do in um, thermodynamics? Was it the uh, Carnot cycle, or which one was that one? Yeah. Yeah. Oh gosh, Carnot. <laughs> Yeah, we had to derive everything on our exams, and they were really difficult, but, you know, I still remember how to do it to this day. Like, it haunts me in my dreams. Yeah. Just kidding. I actually don't remember a thing. I might be able to still do a few. I think I might be able to. I can can derive the pervert equation. (laughs) (laughs) The ideal gas law. (laughs) Yeah, not not pedophile equations, but PVNERT, right? Or NRT. Oh, God. So to back it up just a little bit, the SPC, Storm Prediction Center, they issue a severe weather outlook uh, maybe a couple days, three days ahead of time, definitely well ahead of time of a potential severe weather event that might impact a lot of people. And so they have different categories to kind of convey how severe the weather uh, system could be. Initially, when they first started off, they had three categories, right? That's slight, moderate, four. they had four originally? Yeah, the first one is C text, so it's not really okay. Helpful, okay, yeah, it's still it's still considered a category. <laughs> that's true. That's true. So the first level is C text, so that pretty much tells people to um, look at the product, read the information, um, and that is normally considered to be nothing too um, too crazy. Or you can get more information about it uh, for a severe weather event that might happen later on down the road. Then they had um, slight, moderate, and high, and pretty much it's pretty self-explanatory, but. Um, slight means that there's a slight chance-ish of severe weather, and then moderate and high, um, in a way, would be uh, a more conveying a more sense of, sense of danger with severe weather. So in 2014, the SPC decided to uh, change up the the uh, categories a little bit, and they have um, five, definitely one through five, but they also have a sixth category called thunder, where it's pretty much the uh, nothing to uh, life threatening. 
So they have marginal, slight, enhanced, moderate, and high. And that is from descending to ascending order in terms of uh, what threat and the threat level that people would see. And the colors are, that's the part that we're talking about. Well, I mean, I I, th- I definitely think, you know, they each of those categories has a color, um, but a lot of times you see different titles for those categories. And I think that those categories themselves can be argued that they're a little bit confusing. Like sometimes you can have tornadoes in a slight risk. And so it just, it to me, slight risk doesn't exactly convey the message. But I think that that, you know, as a broadcaster or as, you know, a communicator, you know, you can put up that graphic and then communicate the threat and still be consistent. Yeah, I agree. Um, my thoughts. <laughs> another thing that I kind of want to talk about also is the new categories enhanced, or the new category enhanced, and how it's lower than moderate. Because in my mind, enhanced means something like crazy, intensifying, something a lot stronger than something kind of average or moderate. Yeah, I can. I think they were just trying to fit something in between, maybe slight and. No, it's no, just it's weird to me that they fit one, like, there's nothing in between the new moderate and high. There's enhanced between right. slight and moderate, and then they added marginal towards the beginning to kind of be like, oh, we have a few thunderstorms or whatever. But it, it's just strange to me that they didn't divide it up clearly, like, put, you know, a specific category in between moderate and high, um, as they did between uh, slight and moderate. And also the word choice is really interesting to me, too, because... Um, marginal to me, like, I don't know. I think of margarine, like butter. <laughs> yeah, I think it's something you cook with. I don't think of it being like an indication I, of how I bad it is. I think you might be alone on that. Yeah, when I, I hear the word marginal, I I think marginal, not butter. But I do think it's kind of a jargony word. Like, I feel like there are better words that could be used. Low? Marginal. Why couldn't it be low? I know that we talk about stations using different colors and different uh, kind of categories. But we've also seen the National Weather Service offices across the United States, various different offices use different categories and different colors that are different from the SPC. And to me, that's even more confusing because, you know, they're both National Weather Service. So when you have two different National Weather Service, you know, putting out different products, I think that's even more confusing. No, I definitely agree with that. I think coming from the uh, a government entity, it can get really um, confusing for people who are like, it's an official trusted source, right? And yeah, TV is a really trusted source as well. But for the government to have varying ways of how to say something, I think is really confusing to people or people may not interpret it very well. But I think the problem with what, when we started coming out and talking about the um, SPC outlook and the different categories that they added, I think we were really concerned with Where is the research behind what they came up with? I think in their website, they initially said something like, oh, we have uh, social scientists who are working on the project and they came up with the words and we tested it out. Um, I don't really, I haven't looked into like how much they've tested it out or they haven't really shown or published anything to my knowledge about how they came up with it. And so to me and to a lot of people out there, we were kind of skeptical about it. We were saying, okay, well, these new categories came out. Are they, is it really going to help people? And I guess to back it up a little bit more even, who even looks at the SPC severe weather outlook? Do, do meteorologists look at it? Do broadcasters look at it? Does the general public look at it? Like, I don't, most of my friends, I could probably say don't 
see that outlook very often unless they turn on the TV, which is where people like you, Molly, come in and you convey and communicate that information. And that's when... I think that most people don't see it unless, like you said, it's you turn on the TV or it becomes one of those posts on Facebook or on Twitter that's shared a lot. Um, and I think that's really the only time that people see that. And one thing I know that we do at my current station is, you know, we'll throw up the outlook. Um, we'll throw the timing in the top, you know, bar, and then we'll have a box um, beside it that says, you know, here's what the, we think are the main threats and the timing. Um, but that, I mean, that's what we do, and it, var- it varies from station to station. Um, but we've found that to be pretty effective. So then if we don't have people seeing these SPC products, and the first time they see them is on TV, is this a consistency problem if they're not seeing the original product to begin with? Most people, unless you have a very loyal viewer um, who only watches one station, they're following multiple media outlets in the same market. So if you have two TV stations that aren't using the consistent SPC colors or categories, um, all of a sudden you have that confusion of, oh, is it slight or I thought I was in the yellow part or I thought I was in, you know, the orange part. It just, I just think it, it can very easily get muddled. No, I agree. So if, if TV, TV stations are trying to, you know, communicate the weather information to their viewers and they also have those, um, a lot of them have like those dials now, right? Like on a scale of one to 10, how severe is the weather going to be? Or um, so in addition to the different maps that you can show with the uh, Storm Prediction Center's categories of severe weather um, for the outlook, um, you also have 1 through 10 scales that TV stations make up to convey that information to. Could the SPC or people in NOAA National Weather Service, could they learn from TV stations and actually change it to a system where it is 1 through 10 or 1 through 5 instead of having words and colors? I like that they're coming up with these ideas, but I don't like the fact that there's so much... Um, so much noise in what you're trying to convey to people and so much, so many products too that definitely confuse, confuse people. But I think it's definitely something that they're getting to that could be potentially helpful. What can we actually learn from talking about the inconsistency between all these graphics? Can, is there a way to make everything uniform? I don't know if that's ever going to happen. You know, if everything is ever going to be uniform, but I mean, I think. You know, over time through conferences and stuff, we can have a, and I feel like conversations have already been going on about, you know, trying to make things a little more um, consistent across the board as far as the message we're trying to convey to people who rely on us for, you know, this, you know, life-saving information. Yeah, and I think this this goes back again to the consistency panel that I feel like <laughs> I bring up all the time, but I absolutely love that panel, and we talked about some of these exact things, and we asked, is there such thing as too consistent or like is consistent? like how far do you go? Right, that's a good point too because every meteorologist's forecast is entitled to their own interpretation. So is there, can you guys give an example of something that is too consistent? What is something that is overly consistent that could be detrimental to weather communication? So, okay, this can probably come into a lot of the research that I've been doing here recently. Um, so I've been working on a project with another grad student here at UGA, and we've been looking into uh, what is called warning fatigue. And so um, that occurs when a warning happens too often and some people don't react the way they should. 
basically that's a very generic definition. Um, but so we've also been looking into other disciplines that have used warning fatigue in a different way. And so we've been looking at computer science and how they look at security warnings. So if you're about to go on a website and it says there's malware on this, you should cancel or click, click OK to continue. And so what they found is people just hit OK after one use because they become so they under, they feel like they understand it. And so they're like, OK, I know the risk. I know the risk. I know the risk. And so what they're seeing is when the warnings look so consistent, they are automatically seeing that they already understand the risk and they're plowing ahead. And so with it kind of brings kind of a devil's advocate approach. If we're too consistent with all of our warnings, then people are just going to be like, oh, it's just like that other time where nothing happened. Or it's just like that other time where it was a thunderstorm. And so they're going to oh. keep going um, and not Believe really me, stop I've and evaluate. I've that enough on a daily basis. So. <laughs> you guys are wrong again. That tornado didn't hit my house. Or I'll believe it when I see it. You cut into the bachelor. <laughs> There's been many times that I said, if you can see it, that's, uh, if you wait till you see it, uh, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> but really though. And so I think that's, that's kind of one of the downfalls of being too consistent is if we get to that point where everything's the same, then I don't think we're going to see the kind of behavior or the, the sheltering or whatever needs to happen take place. But I mean, on the other hand, you have, um, uh, outside of severe weather, and this, I don't want to open this can of worms too big. Um, but you have, uh, winter weather, Winter weather is so inconsistent. The products that are put out there, uh, don't even get me tar- started on snowfall totals that you see that get put out on the web and shared a thousand oh times. Sounds uh, like another podcast waiting to happen. Yeah, it, does. It, it is another podcast waiting to happen because um, I know several instances where forecasts were shared and then I had people that came back to me and said, where were those, you know, 13 inches of snow you said we were going to get? And I was like, when did I ever say that? But it was someone who just had seen that and then forgot where they saw it. And then all of a sudden, it's a hit on our credibility just because we're meteorologists. So yes. it's, yeah, it's, I won't, I won't go into that. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can, You're giving the uh, <laughs> listeners a taste of uh, what we could be talking about in yes. the very near future. Um, so going back to the whole, like, too consistent thing. If we apply it back to the severe uh, storm prediction sensor, um, severe weather outlooks, if everybody had the same way of conveying those five categories, is there a bad thing to that too? Do you think that if it was so uniform across the board, then people would stop behaving or taking shelter or taking action ahead of the severe weather threat? Or do you think that it, that it may not be an issue with the uh, outlook categories if it was too uniform? Or too consistent? For me, I think there needs to be somewhere in the middle where we're not too consistent and we're not all over the place. So I think maybe we need to all use the same colors or all use the same words or somewhere it gets kind of difficult, but figuring out what things we can all do together, but still making the graphic different enough that it makes someone stop and say, oh, wait, where am I at? what category am I in instead of saying, oh yeah, I already saw, I'm in orange, I'm in orange. And they keep scrolling down Twitter. Oh yeah, I already saw that, I already saw that. So it needs to be something kind of different enough where they stop, look at it, take in the information, and then continue on. Well, I think I think uh, as far as TV stations go, you're naturally going to get that difference because 
every station's TV graphics look a little bit different. Right. Um, and so you, I think naturally you'll get that, but I agree that, that, um, anything you can do to differentiate it or maybe add your own, uh, meteorologist's interpretation of what that means and, you know, some threats on there. Um, or maybe, you know, I've seen Jane Span, uh, get on top, uh, make lines on top of the SPC forecast talking about, okay, this section of the state is going to be three to six. That's where the storms are coming. This section of the state is six to eight. Um, and I, I personally like that. And that's, the, I think, the way that he's been personalizing it uh, to work for his market. Okay. So that brings a point, um, the point of maybe using the SPC product, maybe the colors and the uh, category names, but then making it your own, making it your own forecast. Because, again, meteorologists, you guys are in charge of, Communicating the information, but also using your own expertise to, um, in your opinion, in your best judgment, to get the forecast information out. And so by putting those times on there, you're giving the viewers and the people watching and looking at it maybe on social media um, a timestamp of when they can expect to see the severe weather in addition to all the great information from the categories and colors. So that's a really, that's a great example. I think that's um, something that they can definitely be implementing more. Instead of changing up the wording and colors, you can add more to it. Oh, hold up. Oh, hold up. Oh, hold up. Alrighty, guys. And to shift gears a little bit, we're going to talk about some random stuff. I don't know what exactly we're going to talk about, <laughs> but, you know. Well, actually, we do have Pop a Google culture. Doc. Because we're, we're, we're dorks like that. We actually have a Google Doc of everything that we want to talk about. I haven't seen much of the Google Docs, so it'll be a Molly surprise. Molly doesn't even know how to use Google Hangouts. She's never used it before <laughs> until now. So judge her broadcast meteorologist who doesn't know how to use Google I, Hangouts. Come on. Come on. I've been a Skype person my whole mm. life. Once you Skype, you can't go right. I know. What? <laughs> no, mm. fail. I'm sorry. It's no. Friday night. I'm going to ask you to redact <laughs> that. <laughs> oh, gosh. Um. So my friend and I, Angela, we were talking about her trip to Japan recently that she took. And we were talking about Japanese hotel capsules or capsule hotels. Have you guys ever heard of those before? Uh, well, not until about five <laughs> minutes on your Google Doc. Um, but I did I did look at the picture. I didn't read that much about it, but uh, they looked terrifying <laughs> to me. As, a, as someone who suffers from uh, being claustrophobic, and can hardly handle being in a tiny cruise room ship. Uh, a cruise ship room, cruise room is what they're called. <laughs> um, those look terrible. Those look like my worst nightmare. I think I've seen these before, but I've, I didn't know it was called a capsule hotel. But I have seen them on, I feel like a hotel or a food network or Discovery Channel or something. I think when you food saw the network. food network, you saw it because it was an like oven. That. It actually was an oven <laughs> on the food network because it looks like... <laughs> yeah, they do look a lot like ovens, so... <laughs> this is what I'd imagine a Frito-Lay and their factory to look like when they uh, bake their baked chips. They just have a bunch of ovens consecutively on top and next to each other and they bake the chips. This is what the capsule hotels actually look like. Um, what I don't made know. you think that's of Frito-Lay? <laughs> I feel like that's any, any place that bakes something. Probably sponsoring. <laughs> Weather hype. Weather hype. Brought to you by Frito-Lay. Weather hype. A proud Olympic sponsor for Rio 2016. Okay. Where did that come um, from? No. So, for people who can't see this Wikipedia article that well, I'm Well, they can go to the link right on now. our website and see it. Well, some people are on, and driving in a car. No, I mean, when they get home, so they, they can't. Okay, fine. Or if they have a passenger, they oh. can pull it up on their phone. 
Blah! Castle Blah! It's available if you want Wikipedia to see it. Wikipedia <laughs> Castle Hotel. Um, but the picture, it's pretty much a box. And there's, you know, you're next to people and you're sleeping inside of a box. And so my friend told me, though the picture make, makes it look like there's actually a door that you can close at night, you're not allowed to. There's no door for you. So it's like wide open. It's probably because you would... And that, I guess the safety yeah. thing, because if it actually could close... Somebody could probably lock you in. You would probably die. <laughs> um, so I think... Th- it looks like there's, like, little shutters that you can Yeah, like, you have though. little blinds that you can pull for, Is like, that privacy. That right? But I don't think it really blocks out any noise. Because I was telling her, like, man, it'd be great to, like, if you wanted to, like, do something naughty in one of those capsule hotels. But then she's like, but wait, you know they're not, like, closed off. So, like, you could totally just, like, hear and see everything. The only functional purpose I see for these is they need these on college campuses. They do. For people who don't live on campus, you can totally just take a nap yeah. in one of these things and recharge. I've I've been pushing for like a college nap center since my freshman <laughs> year. So. Or just like yeah, college nap anywhere center anywhere that you can. It's like a Pokemon center where you like recharge. Yes. In Pokemon. Exactly. What. This college nap center is brought to you by Weatherhive. <laughs> we can sponsor the first one and make tons of money. But it does have um, a TV in it. That's a plus. <laughs> I feel like those are like I feel like those are like TVs though that like you're when you're like at the dentist and like you're forced to watch it like super close to your face. I don't know. Everything about this screams no to me. Me too. So I'm gonna get so I'm gonna get an X from you, Molly. No, no capsule hotel from you. You'll stay at a uh, different hotel. I think if you ever visit Japan, Castle. What about you? No, I'm I'm with Molly. Um, But I'm curious if these are like how popular are these? Like, do they have a lot of these, or is this, like, a weird thing, or... You know, I don't know. I don't know how popular they are, but I think my friend told me that when she was in, um, somewhere in Japan, she said that they were charging about 40 American dollars for a night. I think that's a little pricey. I wouldn't pay $40 for that. Uh, $40 to sleep in a tube? (laughs) Okay. With with no door? (laughs) And it... It no. better be like a tempur no, okay. <laughs> This is a super good quote from Wikipedia. There are steps providing access to the second level rooms, leading co- to comparisons to corpse drawers in a morgue. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's exactly, you know, when I read that on a hotel website, I say, oh I want to stay there. <laughs> I mean, if you ever want to stay at like a haunted hotel, you can stay in the capsule and kind of mimic what it feels like to be in a morgue. <laughs> that's kind of sad. I don't want to stay in one now. I was actually going to say, yes, I would. Now I don't think I want to anymore. Oh god! It says they're anyway. it says they're usually around nineteen to thirty eight dollars a night. I mean, on the on the nineteen dollar scale, yeah, I could totally do it. I'd rather not sleep in the street, but for forty dollars, mm, I don't think so. No, thank it you. says they're and they're mainly the used yeah. for individuals who are too drunk to return home safely or too embarrassed to face their spouses. See, I like that. That's good. That's good. Yay, adultery! Don't come home. Like, <laughs> the walk the of shame, right? That's what in college they called it. Um, I guess, yeah. So, other than that, there was um, Spider Catcher. Have you guys? That video is going viral on YouTube. At least on yes. my Facebook feed, it is. Unlike the morgue, or I guess pod, we should call it. We shouldn't call it a morgue. <laughs> um, I think this is a brilliant idea as someone who uh, lives by themselves and uh, has a so you have fear of spiders. And arachnophobia. 
Yes. And I also have two dogs that don't kill <laughs> bugs, so... I think this is especially good for you, man. Yes, I need a cat. <laughs> because you don't like to kill Wait. things. You like to, like, pick oh, them yeah, up and let them go. Some... I'm all about... Right. I'm not going to put that thing out in my yard and let it come back in my house. Because <laughs> what are we going to do? We're going to have to repeat the process all over again. Like, well, crap, there's a giant spider. Okay, let me go get my spider Never. catcher. <laughs> Um, Never once have I ever released an animal thinking that it came back in or had to release another animal the next day thinking, hey, didn't I let you out yeah. yesterday? <laughs> I hope you don't I'm have, sorry. like, Maybe I should tag animals you in your like, apartment. Election. I didn't know an- spiders <laughs> animals. were animals. <laughs> okay, didn't we have a conversation about this? Spiders are totally animals. Like, they're insects or they're arachnids. They're arachnids. Yeah, they're but arachnids. But arachnids are animals, correct? Like they're part of the animalia kingdom. I'm don't you don't sure. you have to have a backbone to be part of? Not the animal kingdom. That's like a inter- oh, that's, that's a, a mammal vertebrae, invertebrate. Animal kingdom, like <laughs> a mammal or a camel? Mammal. Disney World. <laughs> I mean, what else, what would spiders belong to? The fungi family. <laughs> okay, so we've, if you're we've, we've totally derailed here. If you're an insect, <laughs> you have to have like a shell or like a an exoskeleton, right? Isn't that an insect? For what? An insect. I think so. So I guess it wouldn't be classified as an insect. Like a spider could be an insect or a arachnid or whatever, but it's definitely an animal. Like the animal is like the overarching like category. This is their AP bio moment of the night. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't take AP bio, so I'll Me let y'all hash it out. I'm going to let you learn something new, girl. You're going to learn today. <laughs> <laughs> I already learned how to use a Google Hangout, so. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, can you describe what the spider catcher looks like? Like, um, what does it look like to people? To me, it looks like a toilet brush. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. A, a toilet brush that has the capability to, like, grab things. <laughs> yeah, so it's kind of like, so a, like a gopher, you know, the thing that you get stuff out of the cabinet with? Cross yeah, with the it. claw. <laughs> yeah. The claw. Like, Cross with the claw. The claw. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, we went to the same place on that one. <laughs> Toy Story. That's why we were together. <laughs> for not... Okay, Ever. we're going to edit that out. Yeah, we're going to edit that out. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have an update. The spider is anim- Animalia. Oh, God. I thought we were past Sorry. <laughs> we can edit that out. I just wanted to clarify. Oh, that's good. Go for it. What's the update? The spider is in the animal kingdom. Oh. There you go, man. Not going to say I told you so, but... Uh... Alright, uh, we'll skip Once Upon a Time, because we don't know anything about that. It's just, don't fucking watch it, Molly. It's a hot mess right now. You I kind of like it. shit was bad when you... No, false. I saw a commercial it, with Hades in it, and that's only the last time I've yeah. seen. He actually makes it kind of cool, but the rest of the show is like, they went to hell, and <laughs> the show's going to hell metaphorically, <laughs> like the TV show said. It's going to hell literally and metaphorically. <laughs> No, really, though. And they pretty much... I was texting somebody about it yesterday. They went from Storybook to, like, Neverland to, like, Oz to, like, Arendelle to now to Sepia-toned Storybook <laughs> to... <laughs> I thought it was Sepia. sepia I almost said Sepia. I think sepia. it's Sepia. sepia. <laughs> God. It's just... I feel like the only bad thing about it is Hades' hair. <laughs> Thank I hate you, when Yoda. he, like, goes on fire. That's like the worst. <laughs> the CG is so yeah. bad. Uh, once upon a time, what are you doing? You gotta get better. I don't want this show to get canceled, but you said they got renewed for yeah, um, six, season yeah, six, right? Six season. 
I am shocked that they got renewed. But something happened and it started to cloud the scene began the world with sunshine year round. See nobody remember what it was like without me and too much of a good thing turned into a thing. So my song of the week for this week is an Ollie Murs song that I kind of dug up from his last album and it's called uh ooh did you miss me it's like the first song on the album and it's really upbeat it's kind of reminds me of like a michael jackson song um kind of michael jackson meets justin timberlake it's pretty cool and it was i was kind of having a rough week and i heard that song and it just really lifted me up so i was like that's a perfect song for the podcast i do know a little bit about ollie Murs. the one song that showed up on the radio i think two years ago i actually thought it was like adam levine do you remember what song I'm talking about? It was it was Troublemaker and then Wrapped Up is his latest single. Okay. But he hasn't had an album in. Where where did he become uh, popular from? I'm looking forward to it. Um, I'm pretty sure he was one of the British Got Talent or... Like, oh, okay. Got England's Talent Got Talent or, or UK's like Got Talent or something like that. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. I think he was one of the winners. Interesting. All right. Well, there you yeah. go. So what about you? What's your uh, song my, of the week? My song of the week, I actually changed it. I was going to do one, but then I was listening to YouTube right before the podcast, and I decided to switch it up a little bit. Uh, my song of the week is The Chainsmokers and the song Let You Go, featuring Great Good Fine Okay. That's the name of the, uh, I guess, the duo, Great <laughs> Good Fine Okay, <laughs> which is really weird. Um, it's another uh, kind of a techno, upbeat EDM trance kind of song that chain smokers are very uh, known for doing and i think i was listening to the song and not really paying attention to the music video but then when i turned and looked up at my monitor i started seeing some really weird things going on it starts off pretty normal um two guys are apparently visiting their uh friend who's a girl and i think the girl is one of the guy's girlfriends and they kind of hang out you know canoodle one guy's being a clearly the third wheel and then all of a sudden it just like goes into really like like BDSM stuff at like towards like the second half of the music video. It's really weird. Um, and then obviously they regret that afterwards, but, um, <laughs> so note to self, <laughs> if you want to check out the song, let you go by the chain smokers, check out the music video. And it's, it's kind of interesting, but you know what music videos nowadays are definitely kind of weird anyway. So not really surprising, but kind of was when I, yeah, it's almost like an, it's almost like an art form. Yeah, yeah. They try to make it all creative these and days, stuff. But music videos. This is well. It kind of threw me off. Yeah. I was like, "What the heck?" Uh, but yeah. But I like the song a lot. I'm probably gonna <laughs> listen to it on replay for uh, the weekend. I think. <laughs> Molly, what's your song of the week? <laughs> uh, my song of the week is uh, "Cake by the Ocean." Um, I don't even know who it's by, actually. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's by DMCE. <laughs> okay, those people. Um, <laughs> but I. I <laughs> I hear this. Come on, Joe Jonas. I hear this song on the radio. I'm hey, I'm a country music person, so like my pop culture uh, knowledge is very limited, other than what I hear on the radio. And this song is, you know, it's it's popular on the radio right now. But I am notorious for getting song lyrics wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So I didn't realize they were saying "Cake by the Ocean" until like yesterday. Hey, how long have you known the song for? With my, with my epiphany, because why would you say "Cake by the Ocean"? I don't, it's catchy though. I like it. What um, did you think it time, said? I thought it said "Fade by the Ocean." Fade. <laughs> um, 
Like yes, um, I said fade. Fade by the so ocean. Fade by the ocean makes sense, but cake by the ocean they don't, doesn't. They, they don't <laughs> enunciate very well. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. You mean Joe Jonas cake doesn't enunciate by the ocean? Well, to your defense, cake by the ocean doesn't make any sense either. Like wh- who? Well, who I already thought next ocean? time like, I plan I go to the ocean, I'm gonna eat a piece of cake and I'm gonna Instagram it. <laughs> cake by the ocean. <laughs> I'm sure that's never that? been done before. Never. Sure. Hasn't. Actually, I'm not sure if you're ever gonna make. I don't it back think so either. I'm pretty <laughs> landlocked right now. <laughs> you might have to be cake by the lake. Yeah. Not Dr. Seuss. Okay. <laughs> Green eggs and ham and spam. Um, no, but yeah, I mean, I wouldn't eat cake by the ocean because you get sand in your cake. Like, well, why? that's not what they mean. I mean, if you want a gritty consistency to your frosting. Then sure, you cake by the ocean, you get sand in your cake. So what do they mean, though, Castle? Well, and the explanation that we talked about yesterday, um, in our little in our little yesterday. group chat, um, no, we didn't. We didn't. Was it two days no, ago? We didn't. I'm kidding. Uh, well, anyway, they were saying it was supposed to be like sex on the beach, like the drink, but like they were in another country filming or recording, and so people kept saying "cake by the ocean," trying to refer to sex on the beach, and so. It was like a pun or like a, a mistranslation, and so they thought it sounded cool. Oh, okay, yeah. so okay, they never thought that I ocean that. and beach were the same word, right? right. They just it was just like a a, it okay. was a language right. thing, and okay. so they're like, "That sounds really cool. It'd be a cool lyric." And so it's edgy, weird. Now they're funky. Yeah, they're that's funky who they are, band. though. So now we have Joe Jonas and we have Nick Jonas both doing pretty good things. They are. Kevin, what's going on, buddy? Going on with Kevin the last time I saw him was on the Real Housewives of New Jersey, and he was building someone's <laughs> house. He was building a house. Oh yeah! No, I did. I think I saw like a YouTube video of that someone posted on Facebook. Yeah, he's like in Can't the carpenter now. Any of the Real Housewives? Ugh. So okay, so Sorry, so this much. week they premiered a new city, the Real Housewives of Dallas, and it was amazing. <laughs> it was so great, and so if any of our listeners like it, you should definitely check it out. What well, is the premise of the show? The premise of the show is it follows like a group of women. They don't necessarily have to be housewives. It just started out as housewives, like the original Real Housewives of Orange County. They were following actual housewives, so that's why they called it that. But it's just like a group of women. It follows them around. It shows you what it's like to be in their life. And they're usually like high society, wealthy, but they don't have to be. But it's just usually the demographic that they go after. But it's when I worked at American Girl, I served a couple of the Real Housewives of Atlanta. Oh my god! Supposedly, I didn't know who they were. Everyone's like, "Do you know who that is?" And I was like, "No." Do you remember which ones they were? Uh, Nene. Actually, Nene. No, I know Nene is the only one. The name, the only name that I know, and it wasn't her. Was it Um, Kim Zolciak? Gosh, what would that's? It's been too long since I've done that. Um, Sheree. I don't know. I don't remember. <laughs> for people who don't know, name, like, name a couple girls, more. Like the high class, like doll mm-hmm. store for like little girls, and I mean guys too. If you want to play with the doll, that's fine too. But you used to work there at the which mall was it again? Do you remember? Uh, North Point Mall in Alpharetta, Georgia. <laughs> that Shout was... out to American Girl. Also, <laughs> yeah. we don't mind if you sponsor us too. Just saying. <laughs> Wait, didn't they start food? Weather Hype sponsored by American Girl. <laughs> um. <laughs> Yeah, we. I worked in the restaurant. Okay. So. So did they? Did eat they with like? Dolls. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say, did they eat with their dolls? Like, have tea and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, there was like tea parties and birthday parties. I sang 
happy birthday about uh, 9010 day. <laughs> Wait, so did they have like a top chef like cooking in the back or was it like just some random top cook they pulled off the street? Like was it like legit food or not? Uh, it was very kid friendly food. So, um, because, you know, kids can be pretty picky. (laughs) So it was a lot of French fries, chicken tenders, mac and cheese, um, which I never minded that. I mean, (laughs) I still eat like that. So (laughs) (laughs) did you ever eat the food there when you worked there? Yeah. Okay. And it was pretty good. It was okay. (laughs) It wasn't, it wasn't worth as expensive as it was. Reviews by Molly. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I'll come back on and do some restaurant reviews. Yeah. Oh, God. Well, Molly McCollum, it's been a pleasure to yes. have you. Thank you for coming. Bessie yeah. on the show. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for coming on and using Google Hangout for the first time. Well, we'll have to use it again and talk about uh, some future things. I can be your resident broadcast. Yes. Uh, mine. You can fill that role. And we go out to Molly McCollum <laughs> in somewhere in the middle of the country where she'll talk about stuff. <laughs> Molly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in the middle of the country. That's a pretty good explanation. Somewhere in the middle of America. Molly McCollum. I'm pretty much right in the middle of America right now, so. <laughs> All right, I think that about wraps it up our uh, our Weather High podcast for this time around. Thank you so much again, Molly, for coming on. And we actually now have an official URL for our Facebook page, facebook.com slash weatherhype. Now that we have more than 35 fans and we're going live with Facebook. So you can like us on our Facebook page and interact with us, too. You can also find us via email at weatherhype at gmail.com and send us uh, some information, questions, comments, and whatever you'd like. You can also find us on Twitter at weatherhype or check us out on our website at uh, www.weatherhypepodcast.com. And you can go there and leave us a comment or look at the links of the different stories that we talked about on this podcast. And we also want you to leave a comment or uh, review on iTunes, uh, that will be really helpful. So we appreciate it all. Thanks. Definitely. And hopefully by the time you guys listen to this episode, we will be on iTunes. So very uh, excited for that. All right, Castle. Until next time, stay hyped. That was bad. I was like, stay high, stay high, stay high, stay high. 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 Stay high.